first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and today we are going to be talking about the map of Tiny Perfect Things, Minari, and PBS SoCal, and right now we are going to be talking with Jude about the Snoopy Show. How are you doing today, Jude? I'm good. How are you? I'm good as well. Usually I would start out with asking what the story of this show is, but I feel like it's safe to say that everyone has at least some knowledge of Snoopy and Charlie Brown and the Peanuts. So I, so I, feel, like, I feel like it's fair to just skip this and just sort of talk about the Snoopy show as a whole. Yeah, um, sure, totally. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, do you have any sort of like special connection with the Peanuts franchise? Because this is probably one of, um, I would say probably one of the most recognizable franchises in terms of the world of animation. Yeah, I mean, just being able to, uh, g- given the opportunity to watch something like this is awesome because I think that we've all kind of, gr- I think that we all have kind of grown up with those characters. It doesn't, like just from watching like a Charlie Brown Christmas on Christmas Eve or or the one where they go to the pumpkin patch with the great pumpkin. They're just really important characters to a lot of like people around the world. So it was just really fun to uh, be given this project to watch and review. Indeed. And I think the fact that now this is um, more accessible to a newer audience, I think that definitely that's probably one of the best things that, you know, the, uh, this whole streaming service, like over like, uprising with all of these different sites. I think one of the best things to come from it is to make older shows that are important to a lot of people um, more accessible to a newer generation. Yeah, and, totally. you know, because most, because I, at the very least, like in elementary school, every, you know, Thanksgiving, they wouldn't have any homework. They would just play the Thanksgiving special. And same with, you know, um, all of the other holidays, I can't, I suddenly blinked on holidays, but that that, that sounds like the best homework ever. Yeah, just watching cartoons. I mean, certainly for me, at least. (laughs) Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite character in the Peanuts franchise? Um, I gotta go with Woodstock, just because it's super fun to watch him hang around with Snoopy during the show. And it, and it kind of address, addresses questions that you didn't know you had. So it's just fun seeing mm-hmm. his backstory and just them goof off throughout the show. I totally understand that. Um, and, you know, this, this, this is definitely a very, like, old series. So how do you feel, like, the animation and uh, the writing, how do you feel this show holds up compared to all of the strides that we've taken in animation especially in recent years well i well, i the, the main thing that i actually loved about this was the animation style because it looked exactly like the original comic strips and it just looked way better because it had the exact same art style it was way better quality um so it was just it felt really nostalgic watching it Mm-hmm. definitely and i think um 
You know, what's also interesting to me, especially because I have studied a lot of animation history and these shorts, as far as I can tell, they seem to have come up, come like, they seem to have been released around the 80s. And mm. for, for animation in the 80s, this is definitely, you know, amazing. Like, obviously, yeah. like we've gone, we've had so much technological improvement, you know, people are using computers now instead of hand-drawn animation, but... Mm. You know, there's always going to be that charm about traditional 2D animation. And I think that is definitely one of the best ways you could describe just the like whole Peanuts franchise as a whole is just charming. So I definitely think the animation encapsulates that very well. Yeah, totally. It was just amazing to see something that looked old but looked new. It was mm -hmm. like they kept some of the older parts, but they just made it look better. It was, it was just, it was just very eye pleasing. It, it looked just like the comics and just in HD, I guess, but um, it was just uh, very entertaining to watch all around. Mm -hmm. And so final question, what would be your star rating and age rating for the Snoopy show? Um, I would recommend it for ages two to 18 plus adults. Cause who doesn't love the peanuts? Um, and I would give it five out of five stars. Cause just, it was great adventures. Like I love Snoopy. Um, just thought like the new adventures they're taking on. Great characters. Great plot. Just a fantastic new Apple TV Plus show all around. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jude, for talking to me about the Snoopy show. Yeah. Sure. Anytime. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we are talking about the Snoopy Show, the map of Tiny Perfect Things, Minari, and uh, PBS SoCal. And right now we are going to be talking with Tiana about the map of Tiny Perfect Things. How are you doing today, Tiana? I'm doing fine yourself. I'm doing good. So to start us off, why don't you tell me about the story of this film? So the map of Tiny Perfect Things is about a guy named Mark, who is played by Kyle Allen, who kind of gets stuck in this time loop where he has to live the same day over and over again. Um, it gets a little crazy um, because, you know, he already knows what's going to happen the next day. So he kind of tries to switch it up. And in the midst of the time loop, one day he meets a kind of mysterious girl named Margaret, who is played by Catherine Newton, who is also stuck in the same time loop. So somehow they end up on an adventure going all around the city trying to find the perfect things or the tiny perfect things around their town. So all, in the midst of all that, they're just trying to find out how to break the time loop and get everything back to normal. That sounds very interesting. I think, I honestly think the concept of a time loop is so fascinating because there's a lot of ways you can sort of take this plot and you know i just i think that sounds very interesting so how are the characters in this film all the characters i feel like are they all have something unique about them so like mark for example he kind of seems like he's a sporty type of person he has a lot of cool stunts that he does margaret kind of seems like She's like a very cool person. Like if you look at the movie, like her style, um, what she likes to do, what she likes to wear. So I think 
that they all just have something really unique and amazing about them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, definitely you want to have your characters stand out from each other. Like, obviously, you don't want to have two characters who just kind of act the same. Right. Yeah. Um, Who would you say was your favorite character in this film? My favorite character in this film was Henry, who is played by Jermaine Harris. I feel like even though he he didn't have like a very huge, huge role like Mark and Margaret, but I feel like he still played a good role in actually listening to the characters. And most of the times he was playing video games, which I thought was pretty funny, was pretty funny. And even though he was caught up in the time loop, he uh, still was very engaged into what the characters were saying whenever they were talking to him. So I think he was probably my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say about the acting in this film? I think the acting was great, especially because of all the stunts and the scenes and all the cool things that happened inside the film. Uh, I feel like the acting was portrayed really well. Um, there were I'm not going to spoil anything, but there were some pretty emotional scenes um, in the film. So I feel like it was really cool seeing how the cast really portrayed their characters really well. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's very important. I feel like in terms of like acting and like how hard acting is, emotional scenes are probably some of the hardest. So I definitely feel like that's kind of like a I wouldn't exactly say like make or break, but it's definitely, it's like an emotional scene is kind of like where you want to see the actor at their best. Um, Who would you say was your favorite actor in this film? Uh, My favorite actor in this film? Uh, I think it's still going to be Jermaine Harris who plays Henry because I feel like just in general, like as I was saying about his character, um, I like how he really portrays his character. His character kind of seems like like his role wasn't very hard to play, but it was really cool how he was able to do the scenes where he was like talking to the characters, the other characters, and how he was just super engaged, even though he was playing the video games. Um, I think he would be my favorite actor. Mm-hmm. Um, how were the visuals in this film? Because... I'm assuming in like a film with like crazy time loops, there would be a lot of attention to detail because obviously you want to make it seem like it's the same day over and over again. Yeah, so that part of it, it was really cool because especially the scenes where you see, um, they included scenes where you kind of see like a fast replay of what happened that day. And then it starts back at the scene that you start with at the beginning of the time loop. So I think that was, that camera works just really amazing how they were able to um, do something like that. Mm -hmm. That does sound very cool. And so finally, what would, uh, what star rating and what age rating would you give this film? Well, I rate this film a four out of five stars and recommend it for kids ages 10 to 18 years old and adults will like it too. All right. Well, thank you for talking to me, Tiana. Thank you. Let's take a break. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Llama Llama Family Fun Collection with Llama Llama Loses a Tooth. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have been talking about the Snoopy show and the map of tiny perfect things. And next, we will be listening to Tiana and Michaela interview the cast and crew of the map of tiny perfect things. Hello everyone, it's Tiana Sermons and Michaela Justino reporting for Kids First. And today we're going to be talking with Katherine Newton and Kyle Allen, who play Margaret and Mark in the new Amazon film, The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. Miss Newton is known for her role as Reese Witherspoon's rebellious teenage daughter, Abigail, in HBO's award-winning drama, Big Little Lies. She's also known as the female lead in Detective Pikachu and so many more. Mr. Allen is known for his work in All My Life and the upcoming West Side Story, as well as The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. Thank you both for joining us today. We are so looking forward to learning more about you. Hi, it's Tiana Sermons and Michaela Gustino reporting for Kids First. Catherine and Kyle, how are you today? Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be talking to you I'm guys. I'm so good. Thank you for talking to us. Yeah, thank you so much. I absolutely loved the film. So for my first question, it's for Kyle. Typically, you only re-record a scene when you mess up or the director wants a different take. But the movie is actually about infinite do-overs. What was yeah. it like having to retake the same scenes over and over again? For me, I actually love, I really love doing things over and over again. So I, I, it, I was honestly, it was honestly a joy. There was one part where I, I threw a bottle into a door as it closes. That was really, that was really hard. I missed a lot of them and it got very awkward until I made it. And uh, thank God I made it. Yeah, that was a cool scene. <laughs> it literally <laughs> so many times. <laughs> and infinite do-overs on that one. 
No, I didn't have infinite. I just have a lot. <laughs> okay, my question is for Catherine. What was your favorite time loop? So, like, yeah. My favorite thing, like, I got to repeat? Yeah, or, like, the out of, like, all the tiny perfect things, which one would you say was your favorite? Oh, well, I was, you know, my instant answer is uh, obviously that I got to eat whatever I wanted all the time. Like, I love that idea of the time loop. You can eat as much food and ice cream and you don't get sick and you're fine. I think that was pretty great. Um, My favorite perfect moment is the end when Mark and Margaret finally kiss. And then like there's hair stuck in her mouth and there was actually hair stuck in my mouth. And I was like, this is perfect. We could have done this better. And we did it in one take. So I think that's perfect. Yeah, I definitely love the idea of food. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that was, that must have been really cool. It was really cool. And I threw ice cream on Kyle, which was fun. And I drove a tractor. Yeah, driving, yeah, the, the, we we drove, I drove a steamroller. You drove a steamroller. It's really funny. Who would let me do such a thing? No one. Advised against it. Um, (laughs) Mostly because I wanted to try it, but it's okay. <laughs> no. So another question for Kyle. What is the key message in the movie? Ooh, I think there's a few. Well, I think the most important one that I took away from it is that there's everyone around you is living a full and intimate life. And it's, it's vital to recognize that in order to grow. Yeah, that's definitely a great message you can get from the film. Okay, the next question is for Catherine. So how did you get mentally prepared to play Margaret? Oh, I didn't have to do much. Margaret's a lot like me, you know. How old are you guys? I'm 14. I'm 10. Yeah, do you guys feel like, I don't know, like being young and being a teenager, it's like you're you're like in a in a time loop anyway. Like you're always waiting for something to happen. Like you guys are waiting to graduate. Like you guys right. are going to get to 11th grade and all people are going to ask you is, where are you going to go to college? Where do you want to be when you grow up? And you're like, I don't know. Leave me alone. And I feel like that's who Margaret was and that's still who I am. So I'm still trying to figure it out. But for the most part, um, I just kind of relied on Kyle. We, you know, we're, we were great scene partners, great partners, great team, like teammates. And together we created like a really good harmony, I think with um, Mark and Margaret and I was just in the moment on the day. Margaret's a lot like how I was. So, you know, it wasn't that hard. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Well, that is all. Thank you so much for allowing us to talk to you today. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is the best interview of the day. Okay. That is it for now. Thank you so much, Catherine Newton and Kyle Allen, for joining us today. Make sure to watch The Map of Tiny Perfect Things on Amazon Prime starting February 12th. That's all for now. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we are talking about the Snoopy show, The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. And right now we're listening to Tiana and Michaela interview the cast and crew of of The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. Hi, I'm Mikhail Justino, and this is Tiana Sermons, and we are reporting for Kids First. Today, we are here with Jermaine Harris, who plays Henry in the new upcoming film, The Map of Tiny Perfect Things, on Amazon Prime. 
Jermaine is best known for Mad About You and Now, Ballers, and The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. Thank you so much, Jermaine, for joining us today, and we are excited to get to know more about you. Hi, Jermaine. How are you? Hi, how are we doing? I'm doing good. Okay. So what drew you to the role of Henry? Um, Knowing that he didn't know he was in the time loop. That's what I liked about it, because everyone else, well, essentially Mark and Margaret, uh, they know they're in it. But um, that's what mainly drew me is that Henry didn't know he was in it, but he was completely content with where he was at. <laughs> like, he, he was probably fine. I'm good here. I'm chilling in my room. I'm playing my games. Don't nobody bother me. Mark, if you want to pull through, go. We're chilling. But um, that's what mainly drew it to me. And then also, it kind of keeps Mark grounded. It was like, yeah, dude, like, I don't believe anything you're telling me, but if this is true... I'm going to tell you how it is, okay? And uh, that's what mainly drew it to me and just how cool he is as a person, you know? Like, Henry's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. So what do you think are the advantages and disadvantages of having infinite do-overs in life like the characters in this film? Uh, Well, the advantage is you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen the next day. Uh, You have the opportunity to take advantage of that and try something new every single day. Uh, The disadvantage is you can't, progress past that or if anything like you if you're stuck in that and you know you can't get out then like you never really get to see what happens after that you know because you're starting all over again and it also it kind of makes you crazy it'll get you kind of crazy it's doing the same thing over and over again you know you can only have so many things you can think of by yourself before figuring out like i think i've tried everything and you kind of can't ask anybody else because nobody else knows about it but you so uh i feel like that's probably the main disadvantage or like the biggest disadvantage and then advantage of having infinite time. That's cool. Okay, so I'm sure you have a lot of stories from set. So is there anything funny that you can share with us? Uh, yeah, there is. Um, there's this one time we were playing Heads Up in Catherine's trailer and it was, playing with games with Catherine can get so intense because she's very competitive as it is. And we were trying to guess these dang things and she was just getting so frustrated with us playing this game. And there was another time we went to this cafe and we tried to get, we were trying to order and Catherine was just so adamant on me ordering an entire loaf of bread for God knows what reason. Who needs an entire loaf of bread if I just want one sandwich? I don't know. I don't even think she knows, but she made me do it and she just would not let it go. So uh, that's probably one of some of the favorite moments that I have on set. Wow. What do you think was your favorite scene to shoot in this film? Um, it's for sure. I think the last scene, uh, when 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 she comes through, Mark comes through, and we're actually facing this, and we're actually talking things out, and some things that pop up. I'm not going to say too much, but there's a lot of things that have become realized at that moment, and it's an aha moment essentially for both people. And that's probably one of my favorite scenes that I've shot, aside from shooting with, with, with Kyle. But um, yeah, that's probably one of my favorite ones. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for letting us talk to you today. Thanks yes. for having me, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jermaine Harris, for your time. Make sure to check out the map of Tiny Perfect Things coming out on Amazon Prime February 12th. Bye. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First 
next coming attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Llama Llama Family Fun Collection with Llama Loses a Tooth. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have been talking about the Snoopy show, The Map of Tiny Perfect Things in PBS SoCal, and right now we are going to be talking with Benjamin about Minari. How are you doing today, Benjamin? I'm doing excellent. Good to hear. So, can you fill me in about the story of this film, Minari? Yeah, so it follows this family who moves from California to start a farm in Arkansas. Um, It really is the father's dream. And they are, both of the parents are uh, Chicken sexers, I believe, is the proper terminology where they determine the gender of chickens and sort them from there. And they have two children, and they have a, there's a grandma <laughs> who comes along about halfway through and really throws the whole thing into kind of disarray. Um, <laughs> and it's just a really lovely portrait of this family adapting to these new circumstances and. Um, I, I was really moved by it. Well, that's good to hear. Um, so how are the characters in this film? Um, they're rich, yeah. And they're not, not, in, uh, not in property or, uh, you know, their bank accounts, I meant, as people. Yeah, they're all really interesting. That was, that's one of the movie's biggest strengths is it is both wired to this idea of childhood and you see so much of it through the eyes of the son in the movie um but you still spend a lot of time with the adults and um the mother and father really come to blows a number of times and 
uh, you're accomplishing this dream of yours, but are you and at what cost to not only yourself, but our family and the grandma's a blast. We'll get to uh, the performance of Yu Yu Jung. She's phenomenal. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good to hear. Um, of course, obviously, in my opinion, um, the bet, like the most important aspect of any story, whether it's a film or a show or whatever, in my opinion, the most important aspect is the characters. I feel like if you don't have good characters, even if everything else is all right, it's a fail for me. So obviously, I think having a rich cast is, you know, a very good sign. Yeah. Um, and speaking of said characters, who would you say is your favorite character in this film? I don't know if I have a favorite. They're, um, there's, there's, their neighbor is quite uh, engaging. They have a neighbor, Paul, who um, they go to church a number of times in the movie just to sort of help fit in with the rest of the community and get to know some of the other people. And there's this guy who helps them with their uh, farm endeavors and helping them grow their crops who drags a cross across the road uh, every Sunday. Uh, and, it, and it, you know, it's completely normal. It, it really start to sort of, um, yeah, he's quirky. He's a very bit player. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions today. We've been talking about the Snoopy show, the map of little of perfect little things. And right now I am talking to Benjamin about Minari. So uh, how was the acting in this film? The acting's very good. Let me get to okay. Now 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 that we get to the main event. Yu Yo Jung, my favorite performance for this movie, easily, and one of my favorite performances of last year. This movie made me want to call my grandma immediately after. Uh, she is soulful and playful and uh, mischievous. I just, I love this character. Um, and her sort of, the, the not antics is the wrong word because that's not what this movie is going for, but stuff <laughs> she gets into with her grandchildren is some of my favorite stuff in the entire movie. Um, yeah. Well, that is very nice to hear. <laughs> um, you know, I, I will admit I am kind of biased because, you know, I have a grandma who I talk to a lot and she means a lot to me. So it's like, it's nice to see some, I was, <laughs> it's nice to see some good grandma characters in, in media. <laughs> <laughs> More grandma representation. I don't even know where I'm going with this. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, you were just talking about how you enjoy her interactions with the children. So what would you say is your favorite scene in this film? Uh, oh, okay. This is, this is, I feel like if I say this scene, it's really going to kind of give the wrong impression of this movie. This movie is a lot more measured and subtle. But there's a scene in the film where uh, Mountain Dew, and I, and I have to assume this was based on some personal anecdote, uh, Mountain Dew, they believe, is spring water when they uh, first get to, this, to Arkansas. And um, the child swaps his grandmother's Mountain Dew 
for a different liquid, let's just say. And it's so crude on, on its face. It's so crude and juvenile and gross. But at the time <laughs> of the movie, I was losing it. It's hilarious. And I think it's in that it works so well in this package because uh-huh. uh, this movie is a movie that really kind of bears its soul. And so you get it all and it all feels genuine. So, and I think in a lesser movie, it would have been like, oh my God, really? This is what we're going for halfway through. But I really thought it uh, worked in the context of this movie. Well, you know, I will admit, even though I try to act like, oh, I, I, I only like the best comedy, the most creative comedy out there. I will admit I have gotten a fair share out of some just stupid, crude humor. Like, I, I am not proud to admit it, but there are times where something completely juvenile has just made me laugh for, like, no reason in particular. Um, yeah. So I feel, I feel like people who have seen... Uh, I feel like people who've seen the film will understand. Um, and so for my final question, uh, what uh, star rating and age rating would you give this film? I'm going to give this movie an age rating of 10 to 18. And I kind of recommend it to everybody past that. <laughs> uh, recommendation too. I think it's a movie that a lot of people are going to get something out of, particularly if you can... Uh, I mean, if you've moved anywhere, um, mm-hmm. it is an authentically American story, but told through the lens of immigrants, which isn't something you see all the time. Um, so if you can relate to that experience at all, I think you'll get something out of the movie. Definitely. I'm going to give it yeah for crew humor. And there's, there's a fire. They might be a little jarring at one point. Um, okay. Three and a half out of five. I really liked this movie. I saw it back in October. So I apologize if any of the plot details are, uh, aren't as accurate as they should be. But it's been a minute. I, I still have the same reverence for this movie I did when I saw it. It really moved me and not the way I was expecting. It's not a broad drama. There's not a ton of like monologuing. You're not going to get to the, I have a thing me and my mom talk about called Oscar clips. When we're watching a movie and there's some impassioned speech that says, oh, yep, that's the Oscar clip, particularly when this is going to be an Oscar contender. Um, I'm so happy that so many people are going to have options to see this movie. It's going to be on VOD on February 26th. Uh, A24, the production company, is running virtual screenings, I believe, that are $20 to get into over the next two weeks. Um, Virtual cinemas. So if you go depending on the movie theater. If you go to their website, you can watch it there. Um, And it's in theaters. So whole range of options uh, for this movie that I've been waiting to come out for a while. And I'm so happy people are going to get to see it. And I highly, highly, highly recommend it. All right. Well, thank you for talking to me about Minari. Thank you for giving me 10 minutes to uh, (laughs) do the exact opposite of ranting about a movie I really enjoyed, Callista. (laughs) Let's take a break. I'm Callista Best from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Llama Llama Family Fun Collection with Llama Llama Loses a Tooth. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. 
We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have been talking about the Snoopy Show, the map of Tiny Perfect Things, and Minari. And next, we'll be listening to Ishan interview the team at PBS SoCal. Hi there, I'm Ishan reporting for Kids First. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with three incredible individuals from the PBS, SoCal, and KCET team about their recently announced rebrand. Hiawatha Bradley, Stacey Schaefer, and Bijan Rezvani. Hiawatha Bradley serves as the Senior Director of Brand and Creative Services. Stacey Schaefer is the Director of Marketing Operations and Business Intelligence. And Bijan Rezvani is the Director of Digital, leading the company's operations across online platforms. Wow, this is awesome. I'm so excited to speak with you all. And I'm particularly interested in how this PBS organization based in South California is taking on the challenge of competing in the streaming marketplace, which is something that we've um, seen that's been on the rise uh, as of late. So starting off, uh, Hiawatha, tell me more about uh, your recent rebrand. So how will this redesign grow the engagement with your viewers? Yeah, absolutely. And, and thanks for having me, Ishan. Um, so we're super excited about this rebrand. Um, it's been a long time coming. We've spent the last year sort of focused on this. And I mean, just to get straight to your, your first question, I think the most immediate thing that you'll notice with this rebrand is, is that it looks engaging. So um, just right off the bat, what you're going to see is a much cleaner, more modern, more accessible sort of brand language um, that we're, we're very... Um, we're, we're very optimistic about how that's going to land in the Southern California market. Um, there's also uh, a brand language around the typefaces. They're, they're much cleaner. They're more open. Um, they're more optimized for, for digital use. So, so what we're starting to see is a, a package that is uh, not only going to perform well on air, we believe, but also it's going to be optimized to, to really sort of uh, connect online and in the digital space. Um, and that's really point of, 
uh, a part of why we did this is that, um, you know, first to engage people, you really have to know where they're gathering and that more and more is in the digital space. So it was, it was uh, from day one, one of the main uh, places of uh, focus for us to really not be just sort of branding for the television channel, but really to look at all of the brand touch points, which is a lot right now. There's so many platforms, there's so many uh, places where, where our audiences gather and to have a, a system and sort of a graphic language that was simple, clean um, and, and concise in various sort of uh, outputs for wherever the brand goes. That's great, yeah, I can tell there's a lot of thought put into this. So Stacy, what motivated this change? Tell me a little bit more about that. And also how will the viewers experience be impacted? I mean, I know there's still gonna be linear broadcasts and everyone can pretty much watch it, all incomes and also kids. And it's also commercial free. But besides that, is there anything else additionally that uh, might change? Yeah, great question. Um, as viewing trends have changed, you know, we start to see um, audiences move to a more of a streaming world. Um, and for that reason, our strategy has changed. And so we want to make sure that as we evolve our brand and how we're accessible to everyone, um, making sure that we transform our business for a digital world was top of mind. And so um, our new branding effort is really revolving around that to make sure that everything that we're doing um, is serving our audiences, both regionally um, and nationally through streaming apps and social media and education and virtual events. And um, what the users will see on their end is really more of a streamlined and intuitive and easy and user-friendly experience that is not unpleasant to look at thanks to the efforts that Hiawatha and his team have been putting together. Um, and so overall, viewers will be able to enjoy their favorite PBS programs on any platform in a really user and friendly way. That's amazing. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we are talking about the Snoopy Show, the map of Tiny Perfect Things, and Minari. And right now we're going to continue Ishan's interview with the team at PBS SoCal. So Bijan, now to you. <laughs> so how can we tell that there is a fundamental shift to streaming in the entertainment landscape? Sure. So, I mean, our own metrics tell us where our users are streaming. So right now about a third of our users are streaming. But, you know, you mentioned a fundamental shift. And I think we know that fundamentally just from uh, the conversations and the culture around us, clearly uh, there is that shift. So we know it generally. We know it from the metrics that we look at that more and more users are streaming. That's definitely, that's interesting. I mean, I feel like um, even wherever I go, I hear more about Netflix and Disney Plus than even about other cable TV networks. Yeah. So do you think that there's, like, given this shift that we've, you know, we've seen, is there a place in the world for non-streaming programs and, you know, just linear broadcasts? So linear, you know, definitely we're not seeing that, that, Linear is going away, and linear, of course, is moving to digital and streaming platforms. Now, uh, and, and, you know, as, as you may know, we're ourselves moving to have content on those platforms, whether it's YouTube TV or on our website, um, our kids channel available in the PBS Kids app, our channel available in the PBS app. So linear continues. Now, non-streaming is a little more interesting, I think, because as people rely more on streaming for their linear channels, uh, not providing streaming for your program, I think, becomes a, a bit more of a, of a problem point. So um, I think there's something interesting there where, where the expectation is that your program should be available for streaming, whether that's on demand or linear. 
Right, right, definitely. So, Stacy, how does uh, PBS SoCal and also KCET, how do they plan to keep up with and also compare to Netflix, Disney Plus, and other streaming services? Um, another great question. Um, well, you know, the uh, content that we have available across our platforms um, and the PBS app, we're making sure that everything, just like our competitors, are available anytime, anywhere. So you can stream the best of PBS programming, the titles you're familiar with from Masterpiece to Antiques Roadshow to Nova. It's all on the PBS app, um, available on multiple devices, whatever your preference is, it's there. Um, in addition to our, our uh, PBS programming, we also have um, local programming and kids programming. And so that's what makes public media really unique um, in relation to our competitors is that um, we have free quality programming that's commercial free that not only has the national titles that you love, but the, the local programming um, that our viewers um, tend to drop to. Absolutely. Yeah. And so going uh, along the same uh, path, actually, you mentioned the app, the, the PBS SoCal app. So tell me more about how this rebrand impacts the way that the PBS SoCal app will be promoted. Well, we wanted to make sure that our new logo fits nicely on the PBS app um, and alongside all the digital platforms. And so uh, one of the top priorities from a marketing perspective is to bring awareness that the app exists to let people know that there's tons of content um, that can be unlocked and for free. Um, through the PBS app. And so most of the promotion that we're doing is to engage our audiences around the app and hoping that they'll um, feel so freely as a download the app and, and explore. Um, and with that, we're doing a lot of digital advertising across various platforms from Google advertising to Roku ads to Amazon and, and um, everything in between uh, across our own media as well, broadcast, social media and email. So really getting the word out there that there's, there's lots to explore. That sounds amazing. I'm super excited. <laughs> so, Bijan, back to you. So, how has PBS SoCal optimized streaming on its website, again, for uh, being competitive in the market? Um, I think we've made it easier to find programs that you're interested in, and also we have better ways of introducing people to additional programs that they might be interested in. Um, also, this new system has capabilities around personalization and segmentation that we're just starting to use with the relaunch that will be uh, developing further, which um, will basically give people better recommendations. So those are some of the main ways. That's great. That sounds awesome. I definitely think the recommended function is a big thing, right? In, in streaming, yeah. you know, you just, you log on to a streaming service and you're like, what do I watch? Tell me, service, tell me. I think that's, a, that's, that's really great. Um, something to definitely pay attention to. And uh, just to sort of wrap up, uh, Hiawatha, what are you most proud of looking back at the rebranding efforts? Uh, yeah, so I, I'm very proud of the scope. Um, this wasn't just one channel that we rebranded. Uh, this was two channels simultaneously in a very um, uh, well-watched media market. So there was a lot of complications, Isham. I mean, I always feel that every single successful branding project is a minor miracle, because so much planning, so much strategy, so many decisions have to happen to get to the other side where it just looks effortless and beautiful and amazing. But when you look behind the curtain, um, it was an incredible process across so many different platforms. And I think the second thing is that it's really about for the public good, right? We're not a commercial station. We, we, we are definitely focused on the community. And when you look at sort of a, our launch campaign called You Happen Here, um, you really see sort of the values. We live the values that we are. It's not just a marketing campaign. It's the core of who we are. 
And I think we've really sort of brought that out to the surface in an exciting way. Um, and we're, we're just really happy to see how the community reacts. That sounds amazing. I feel like I've said this like tons of times, but it really does sound amazing. I definitely like it when I think brands, when they pull something out from within themselves, when they really get to the, the core of what makes them who they are, uh, that really results in something amazing. So tell me more about the pros and cons of the shift that you've made uh, in terms of um, the, the entire rebrand, actually, Hiawatha. Um, you know, I would say the pros are, 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 are greatly uh, outweighing the cons. You know, I think there's always a risk, you know, uh, at least on the KCT side. It had been uh, since the 90s, since we've seen a rebrand. Um, there's a lot of uh, equity of, of these public media uh, stations. Um, and so, you know, change can sometimes be hard. But um, at the end of the day, I think what we're seeing, uh, media is moving very quickly right now. This is a very saturated market. Um, and, and the pros are that you're, you're suddenly bringing sort of this, this new narrative to public television in Southern California when these two channels are coming together. And we're getting to tell that story in a bigger way. Um, we have more assets, more energy, more technology, more ideas. So I think it's really all about more right now um, in the pros. And, and, and we're really excited to see where it goes. That sounds awesome. I'm super excited. This is such a cool shift, such an exciting shift uh, in terms of uh, PBS's sort of rebranding, right? <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for speaking with me, Hiawatha, Bijan, and Stacy. And all of you viewers, look for KCET and PBS SoCal's rebranding with newly redesigned on-air looks, websites, and optimized streaming options at kcet.org and pbssocal.org. This is Ishan reporting for Kids First, signing off. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First film critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworlds.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Llama Llama's Family Fun Collection with Llama Loses a Tooth. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.